Am I going? Yeah, there we go. Man, it's great to be here. You know, uh, I was thinking when Brother David called me, not, it seemed like it was yesterday, but it's been a while. And then we've had a lot of stuff happen since that phone call. But I'm going to tell you something. It is good to be at Midway Church of Christ tonight. This congregation, Lord's Church, I'm going to say this. The elders have had a lot of vision and what y'all continue to do here. And this church has stayed focused and stayed fast to the work of the Lord. And I will tell you, I'm thankful for you. I know the Lord Jesus Christ is. And it's a blessing to be here with you tonight. And I hope tonight, you know, he asked, I asked David, I said, David, what, uh, what topic would you like for me to speak on? He said, well, Marlon, one of the VBS characters is uh, Zacchaeus. How about you speaking on Zacchaeus? And I thought, wow, that's a good one, you know. And... Uh, but you know, I was just thinking as, as uh, thinking about getting ready for this subject, and I hope tonight I've got a PowerPoint, and I do it for my benefit, and hopefully it'll help each of you if you want to take some notes as we go, uh, Lord willing. But we're going to be turning to Luke chapter 19 here in just a few minutes, and we're going to read the first 10 verses of Luke chapter 19. But have you ever been, uh, I know some of you, we've been to the Molten Parade together way back when, when the little kids were little, and we'd get there early. And we'd do it for what reason? So them little people could see what was happening, you know. Maybe you've been to a sporting event, some of you have in your life, and you made a lot of preparation for it, maybe uh, got your favorite fruit on the way when you get there, and you can't see what's happening. You ever had that stuff like that happen to you? You know, or maybe, you know, it's just a, a movie or something. You get to the movie, you get your favorite popcorn, get your Coke, and you get ready and you sit down and, Wow, you can't see the screen. Well, there was a man in the Bible who had a little problem like this. He was a little man with a big problem. This thing may be off screen a little bit, and y'all forgive me. I didn't get the probably the, the uh, ratio correctly. But anyways, the big man we're talking about tonight is Zacchaeus. So I want us to read from Luke chapter 19, verses 1 two, through 10 together. And then we're going to make some... Uh, make a lesson hopefully from this uh, tonight from primarily from verse number 10 once we get there but the Bible says and Jesus entered and passed through Jericho and behold there was a man named Zacchaeus which was a great was the chief among the publicans and he was rich he sought to see Jesus who, who he was and could not for the press because he was man of little stature and he ran before and climbed into a sycamore tree to see him, for he was to pass that way. And when Jesus came to the, to the place, he looked up and said unto him, Zacchaeus, thank you, brother, make haste and come down, for today I must abide at thy house. And when he saw it, and when he saw it, they all murmured, saying, that he was gone to the guest of a man that was a sinner. And Zacchaeus stood and said unto the Lord, Behold, Lord, the half of my goods I give to the poor. And if I have taken anything from any, any man by false accusation, I restore fourfold. And Jesus said unto him, This, is, this day salvation has come to thy house. For as much as he also was the son of Abraham. 
in verse number 10. For the Son of Man has come to seek and save those that are lost. You know, we find here uh, that little song that we all can probably sing from memory. Zacchaeus was a wee little man. Wee little man was he. He climbed up in the sycamore tree, the Savior part to see. And when we got to the end of that with Tatiana, most of y'all remember my daughter Tatiana, I'd always say something like this, and he's going, and Jesus said, I'm going to your house to eat hamburgers. Or he's, or he's going to your house to eat spaghetti. And I did that, and she said, so I asked her the other day, I said, you remember some of that song? She said, yeah, you'd always put in some words like that. But the fact of the matter is that Jesus Christ saw the need to go to the house of a sinner. You know, there was a different story about a rich man. The Bible says here that Zacchaeus was a rich man, but in Matthew chapter 19, you know, the rich young ruler had a different attitude. The Bible said that he really didn't want to seek after Jesus Christ, but what does the Bible say that Zacchaeus did? The Bible says he sought Jesus Christ. You know, to seek something is, is really important. And I guess the question of this lesson tonight that I want us to keep asking ourselves is, man, I didn't even realize or didn't even talk to her good brother, but the song he led is where this lesson's at tonight. And I really give him a lot of thanks for doing that song. But, you know, we find here in uh, verse number 3 of this Luke 19, the Bible says that, that Zacchaeus sought Jesus Christ. So the, today the question is, how many people are really seeking after Jesus Christ? You know, Jesus said, said these words in Matthew chapter 7, verse 7, Knocking it shall be opened to, unto you. Seeking you shall find. Asking it shall be given. So there is something about seeking after Jesus Christ. You know, there was a man in Macedonia. The Bible says in Acts chapter 16, verse 9. And the Bible says there that he stood, there stood a man in Macedonia. And he prayed saying, Come over to Macedonia and help us. Brethren, what you're doing tonight... You're giving those little people the opportunity to learn and seek about Jesus Christ. And amen and God bless you. This is a wonderful event that's taking place here tonight in the Lord's church. Also, we're going into verse number four. There's a lot of action about this man, Zacchaeus. You know, the Bible says that he ran. You know, there's people that still running to seek Jesus Christ. And the Bible says he climbed up into a sycamore tree. But I'm going to tell you in verse number 5, real important here from this passage, because our lesson's going to be hung on verse number 10. Y'all forgive me if I'm going a little quick here. But in verse number 5, the Bible says that he called Zacchaeus by name. Does the name really matter? You know, in Revelation chapter 20, we read the judgment, the judgment scene is going to take place one day. And the Bible says, whosoever's name is not written in the Lamb's book of life. Whosoever's name. But Jesus Christ saw a man in a sycamore tree who the Bible says he was a sinner. And Jesus said, I'm going to your house. The Bible says there in verse number 6 of, 19, of chapter 19 of Luke, the Bible says that Zacchaeus hurried... And came down to receive Jesus Christ joyfully. You know in John chapter 10 verse 10. The Bible says Jesus Christ said these words. The thief cometh at night. But I have come that you might have joy. And have it more abundantly. You know Jesus Christ came that 
we might have joy in this life. And the Bible says here in verse number 6 that Zacchaeus sought Jesus Christ joyfully. But you know, there's always these naysayers. Brother Ken, you ever had to deal with any of those? There's always naysayers in the crowd, isn't it, Brother Marl? If you're ever trying to do the Lord's work or do something that's positive for the cause of Christ, it's sad to say, but there's naysayers. Verse number 7. Look what happened. The Bible says there that the crowd complained. Why were they complaining? Because Jesus Christ was going to the house of a sinner. Wow. What did Paul say in Romans 3.23? For some have sinned? No. For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. You know, the name Jesus itself, in Matthew chapter 1, when Jesus, when when uh, Mary was told to name the child. Verse number 23 of Matthew chapter 1, the Bible says, Call his name Jesus. Why did they call him Jesus? He gives the answer. For he shall save his people from their sins. That's why he was called Jesus Christ. He came to save the world. You know, in verse number 8 then, as we continue this passage there in Luke 19, the Bible says there that he had a penitent attitude, Zacchaeus did. Can you imagine? You know, when we read the earlier part, it said he was a rich man. And he was a tax collector. Have any of y'all ever had any issues with the IRS? Don't raise your hand. They, they, get, they send those little letters out sometimes and says, you're going to have to meet, you know. And so usually those things are not... So most people looked at him not only as a sinner, but he was the worst of sinners in their way of thinking, according to the scripture here. But you know, the Bible says in Luke chapter 13, 3, except you repent, you shall all likewise perish. And this man named Zacchaeus, who was a tax collector, who was rich, the Bible says, he was a sinner. But he had a penitent attitude. Wow. And then you get to verse number 9. The scripture says there that Jesus Christ looked at him and said, Today salvation has come to your house. You know what the Apostle Paul said in 2 Corinthians chapter 6 verse 2, Behold, today is the day of salvation. Man. You know, then some has said in Psalms chapter 20, verse 5, rejoice in the day of salvation. You know, in Acts chapter 8, verse 8, there's a lot of things started happening there. Uh, once uh, Stephen was, cruci- was uh, stoned to death there in Acts chapter 7. But when you get to Acts chapter 8, the Bible says that the church did what? Those that were scattered abroad went everywhere preaching the word, Acts 8, 4. And then when you get down to verse number 8, the Bible says that they went to Samaria. Jesus loves the little children of the world. This is Vacation Bible School, right? Red, yellow, black, and white. They are precious in His sight. Man, that's the sermon that needs to be preached today. That's the sermon. But you know, when you go to Acts chapter 8, the Bible says there, that there was great joy in Samaria because of what? Salvation. I got a question for you. Do you remember the day of your salvation? Have we done got too far removed from that? Man, I hope not. 
You know, the day of salvation should be a joyful thing for us. should be something that we should always remember and have fresh on our mind. And then I want us to focus the rest of the lesson on verse number 10. And I hope when we finish tonight here that we all are encouraged to do just exactly the song we sung before this lesson uh, tonight. But the Bible says that the Son of Man, Luke chapter 10 verse 8, He came to seek and save those that were lost. You know, when He refers to Himself as the Son of Man, that was a self-title He gave Himself, the Son of Man. But you know, we all know that in John 3.16, the Bible refers to Him as what? For the Son of God. But Jesus Christ himself said, look, I'm the son of man here in in Luke chapter 19 verse 10. But what was his purpose? To seek and save the lost. Jesus Christ had one goal. One goal. One job. One main focus. It was to save those that were lost. You know, sometimes in this life we as humans, we have what we call a bucket list. Don't raise your hand. Many of you probably got that, and I'm not condemning bucket lists. I hope when you leave here tonight, don't say, well, Marvin's against bucket lists. I'm not against bucket lists. But you know, Jesus Christ didn't have a bucket list. He had one thing on his mind, and it was to save sinners. Our daughter, Tatiana, a lot of times, and, and we won't get into sports too far here, but many of y'all know that occasionally games are decided by a field goal. We won't talk that too loud but most of you know what I'm talking about here. And, and, and maybe a field goes missed at the end of the game, and the game's lost by the team that missed the field goal. And our daughter, Tatiana, I've heard her say it a bunch of times, you've got one job to make the field goal, one job. You know, how important is being focused on one job? See, Jesus Christ never lost focus. He was all about the one job, which was to seek and save those that were lost. You know, the Apostle Paul gave a description of the mission of Jesus Christ in 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 15. It says these words. This is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptation that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. Came into the world to save sinners. That was his one job. His focus was to save sinners of whom I am chief or I'm the worst. You know, the reality is, y'all, most people don't want to accept the fact that they're lost. You ever really walked up to somebody and said, or asked them a question and they say, well, I know I'm, I'm a lost person. Those people are few and far between. I heard a sad thing just recently, oh, someone told me I'm not a Facebook, Facebook person. Y'all forgive me, I'm from Hatton. I get tongue-tied a little bit. But I grew up a while over here, over here on the other side of the road here a little while too. Most of you know that. But, but I'm not a Facebook person, but they told me just recently that there was someone that posted on Facebook that they were lost and was going to a devil's hell. Wow, that's a bold statement, isn't it? Most people, oh, in reality, don't will not come to the fact or, or acknowledge the fact that they are a lost person. But you know, the truth of the matter is that most Christians don't like talking to people about them being lost. Is that a comfortable position to walk up to somebody, especially? 
somebody that's close to you. Especially somebody maybe you grew up with your whole life. Man, I may lose the friendship. Hmm. But is that not the truth? Most Christians don't like the idea of telling someone if you don't follow Jesus Christ, you will die in your sins. It sounds too negative. Sounds too judgmental. I want to I want to talk just a little bit about something here, and I hope I don't butcher this up too bad. But this is something that's been a concern of mine lately. Today, the urgency of the Great Commission has been diminished. I saw some head shaking. Today, the urgency of the Great Commission has been diminished. And here's what I want to say about this, and I hope this comes over okay. But it bothers me. Often people are saying today, the first few words of the Great Commission found in Matthew chapter 28, where Jesus Christ said, Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. Or Mark 16, 15, Go ye therefore and preach the gospel. But listen to this. Oftentimes, and I wrote this down so I could read it. And that's when I'm flipping these pages because I mess up on this. Some, but I want you to get this. Often people are saying the first few words of the Great Commission literally mean this. As you go, make disciples. Go, the exact form of the participle, participle is used several times in the Gospel account. Matthew chapter 2, the word go here. I don't want nobody to get lost here, but I want you to, let's just hang on to the third thought of the, the word go. Matthew chapter 2, verse 8, where they were, where Herod said, go seek the, the child Jesus Christ. Acts, Matthew chapter 2, verse 8, what happened? They had to go to seek him. There was some action involved. Matthew chapter 9, verse 13, Jesus said, told them to go and learn these things that I have taught you. He said, you know, I've come to call sinners to repentance. He said, you must go learn about this. They, they were having trouble understanding. Then if you get to Luke chapter 7, verse 22, the Bible says that Jesus looked at his disciples and said, go, go tell John the things you have seen and heard. Then Luke chapter 17, verse 14, where the ten lepers, the, they were told to do what? Go show the high priest. Go. What does this mean for us today? It means not any ancient Greek would take it to mean while as you go make disciples. But would understand, I hope y'all get this because I'm really trying not to mess nobody up here and mess myself up, but I'm real concerned that the Great Commission has been diminished by this mindset. But no Greek would take it to mean, while as you go, disciple all nations, but would understand that the meaning was, go and disciple or teach all nations. And the main point was not to go. And you say, boy, you're talking a lot about go here. Well, you, but listen, just follow this. I hope you follow this. The main point was not to go but to disciple the nations. That's, that's the discussion you get into with these people that's got this diminished view. 
But the nations would never become disciples if the gospel and those converted by them, if the apostles and those converted by them did not take the gospel to them. Going is not the ultimate point. Well, wait a minute, Martin, you get me confused here. Get this point right here. Going is not the ultimate point, but it is the prerequisite. A necessary step towards the goal of making disciples of all nations. It must be intentionally and deliberate about going everywhere and leading people to obey the gospel of Jesus Christ. I hope I didn't confuse you too much. But here's what Jesus said. Jesus never suggested that the nations would be discipled if people simply shared the gospel as they just went about their normal routines in life. Do you get that? Am I saying that wrong? If you don't agree, just say, I don't sound right, brother. But get this one more time. Jesus never suggested that the nations would be discipled if we simply just shared the gospel during our normal routines of life. He indicated we needed to be intentionally and deliberate about making disciples because we had the message to share with them. It's kind of like this. A CEO of a large corporation says to his team of 12 people, I want you to make our uh, product global. Does that mean all 12 of them has got to get on a plane, go everywhere all over the world? They better do what it takes to get that product global. As New Testament Christians living in 2020. The Great Commission is still before us. We better be deliberate and intentionally about saving the one goal that Jesus Christ had in His mind to save people of their sins. The church today must accept the fact that there are people who will never respond to the gospel. Never respond to the gospel unless we take it to them. It'll never happen. If unless we take it to them. Just like they said in Acts chapter 8 verse 4, the Bible says they went. And we as New Testament Christians need to continue to go ourselves. You know, the Apostle Paul is burned for the gospel. He describes a person being lost in Ephesians chapter 2 verse 12. He says, At the time you were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth, strangers from the covenants of promise, having no hope. Do we see people like that today? People that are lost. Do we see them with people that have no hope? And the Bible goes on to say, without God in this world. Why was it so important to, for the Apostle Paul when he said in Romans 1.16, for I'm not ashamed of the gospel. Why was the gospel so important to him? He tells us the answer to that in 2 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 7-9. through 9. He says that the Lord shall appear and will take vengeance on two groups of people. Those that know not God and those that obey not the gospel and they will be punished to everlasting destruction. You know, Jesus Christ said the consequences of not obeying is found in John chapter 8 verse 24. He said, except ye believe that I am He, ye shall truly die in your sins. Are you truly convinced, this is a true statement today, that people will die in their sins without Jesus Christ? 
the church until we believe. I hope you get this. Until we believe that people are lost without Jesus their Savior, we are not will be compelled to do anything about it. Now that's a pretty bold statement, but that's the truth. Until we get convinced that there's people lost, we're not going to really do anything about it. How do we look at people today? Do you look at a person as a, short, a tall person, a short person, an old person, a rich person, a poor person, a person of color? How do we really look at people? I want us to read Second uh, Corinthians chapter 5 and look at what Paul said about how he looked at the, the physical side of man. Second Corinthians chapter 5, verses uh, 10 through 17. For we, must, for we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that every man will receive the things that was done in his body, whether it be good or bad. Verse number 11. Knowing the terror of the Lord, we persuade men. Eternal destruction is what he was talking about here. But we are made manifest of God and have trust also have made manifest in our conscience. For we condemn not our, we can commend not ourselves again unto him, but we give an occasion to glory on his behalf, that ye may be somewhat the answer which glory in appearance, not in heart. See, they were having a little bit of trouble about the physical and the spiritual body of man. But notice what he said in verse number 13. For whether we be beside ourselves, it is God, or whether we be sober, it is for this cause. Verse 14, don't miss this one. For the love of Christ constraineth us, because, thus, because we thus judge that if one died for all, then we are all dead. And that ye have died for all, that ye may live not henceforth unto themselves, but also which died for them and rose again. Wherefore, henceforth know ye not that a man after the flesh, that he may have known Christ after the flesh, yet now henceforth know ye him no more. In other words, the fleshly man don't matter. Red, yellow, black, white, pokey dot. Is he saved or lost? That's what Paul's talking about here. Because when you get to verse 17, what does he say? Therefore, if any man, any man, be in Jesus Christ, he is a new creature. Behold, all things are passed away, and behold, all things become new. And so that was the reading of the great apostle Paul. I want to share, I want to share just a story with you real quick. You know, sometimes all of us are ashamed. I worked with this man about 10 years. We worked together. I saw him a good bit. But maybe a little ashamed. It's, it's hard to talk to people you know. These people that are maybe you don't know from Adam. To look at them and say you're lost and going to eternal damnation unless you accept Jesus Christ. This man's name's Brian. I'll just say that. We were going through a study at Hatton. I was teaching a study on this book. 
Most of you probably got this or read it. If you hadn't, I'll give you a copy or make sure you get one. It's a great story. But uh, so in that study, I was encouraging. Here I was teaching the class, and I was encouraging people to share the gospel with other people. Then I had ten fingers coming at me. Mike. So one day, this man said, I met him for maybe breakfast, and I had this book in the truck. And I'm not telling this story about Marlon Rutherford. I'm just telling it about all of us have got these people in our lives. Okay? And when we got done with that breakfast, we walked out to the truck, and I said, look, I got a book here, and everybody that's read this book knows there's race, different races in this book. And I said, I told him a little bit about that. And I said, look, this book's about a family that was searching for the way of truth and learning how to come to the knowledge of truth and obey Jesus Christ. I said, I won't give it to you. Was I intentionally doing it? Deliberately? I'm questioning myself. I'm telling y'all we got to be intentionally. So I gave him the book and I said, Brian... Read the book. If you don't like it, throw it in the garbage can. If you like it, we'll talk a little more. Two weeks later, he said, look, I, I finished that book. said, uh, I want to sit down and study. After a few studies. I'm talking about the in-depth Bible studies. He made this decision just a few weeks ago. But y'all, it's all about this verse right here. The Apostle Paul said, Galatians chapter 3, verse 27, How many of you have been baptized into Christ have done what? Put on Christ. And then you get to verse number 28, and he says, Whether you be bond or free, male or female, you're all what? One in Jesus Christ. Man, that's the sermon today is the Lord's church. We need to have that sermon coming out of our lips intentionally, deliberately seeking people that are lost. Amen. Amen. It's not it's about what Jesus was all about. To seek seek and save the lost. Y'all, there's basically two types of people, or there's two kinds of people in this world. Those that have been saved, Acts chapter twenty two, verse sixteen, and washed away their sins. Revelation chapter 1 verse 5, the Bible says that you have been, what? Washed in the blood of Jesus Christ to have your sins forgiven. There's two groups of people, lost and saved, period. Two groups of people. Jesus said, remember, one job. Well, I lost myself. How'd I back up, brother? I didn't hit that too many times. Go one one more time, if you will. Jesus' one job mission was to seek and save the lost. We must see people as lost people that are lost people. Do y'all agree with that? We need to deliberately be seeing people as lost people that are lost people. We must see people that are lost. Do we do that? Do we see people that way? Here's the question. Do we see people that are lost who will spend eternity in the devil's hell? Or do we just look at a person and say, well, that's my friend, that's my classmate, 
That's my co-worker. They're lost or saved. Right, Larry Little? They're lost or saved. Man, I didn't come tonight to get on you. This, this lesson is to get on old Marlon to you, I'm telling you. I hope this is encouraging to you. There's two groups of people. They're lost or saved. Jesus' one job was to seek and save the lost. You know, we see the heart of Jesus Christ in Matthew chapter 9. The Bible says He had compassion on a multitude. Why did He have the compassion? Because they were like a sheep without a shepherd. And what did He say? Pray that the Lord of harvest send forth reapers. You know, another rendering of that passage sometimes, He talks about many look up and say there's four months. Y'all, we don't have four months. Look what's happened the last three months in our country. That the people that's even died over various things. They were either lost or saved. Lost or saved. You know, the Apostle Paul said in Second, uh, 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 16, he says, take t- heed to the doctrine that you have been taught. He said there's two things going to happen. You're going to save yourself. And what else? Those that hear you. It's something we got to do. You know, in Romans chapter 10, verse verse 1, the Apostle Paul said, Oh, that Israel would be what? Saved. He was all about people being saved. And we today as the Lord's church need to have that same rendering, same attitude. You know, we must accept our responsibility. It is your responsibility. It is my responsibility. It's the Lord's church responsibility today to seek and save the lost. Jesus Christ has what? No hands but our hands. Do we believe that? Man, I hope we do. You know, he says it's all about being sincere. You know, in Romans chapter 10, you know, we find that passage there where he says there in verse 14, he says, but how can they believe on him whom they have not what? heard. People can't believe in something they hadn't heard. 2 Corinthians. Read this with me right quick. Probably one of my favorite passages that the Apostle Paul wrote. 2 Corinthians chapter 4. We got what? A few more minutes. Y'all forgive me for doing all this, whatever y'all getting this. Y'all forgive me. But man, I'm proud to be here. I'm proud of y'all. The greatest thing in the world to be a Christian, isn't it? The greatest thing in the world to be a Christian. Therefore, seeing, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 1. Therefore, seeing we have this ministry, we have received mercy. We faint not. Don't quit. But have renounced the hidden things of dishonesty not walking in craftiness, nor handling the word of God deceitfully, but by the manifestation of the truth, commending ourselves to every man. Every man. Everybody ought to have the opportunity to hear the gospel one time. One time. At least one time. In the conscience of God. But notice verse 3. This is the scary part. But if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are what? Lost. 
Ooh. And whom the God of the world hath blinded the minds of them. Y'all know anybody that's got their mind blinded to the truth? Lead me to some soul today. Oh, teach me, Lord, just what to say. Friends of mine are lost in sin and cannot find their way. Wow. Lest the light of the glorious gospel Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. Verse number 5. It's not about us. It's not about us. For we preach not ourselves, but Christ Jesus the Lord, and ourselves your servants for Jesus' sake. For God commanded the light to shine out of darkness, and shine in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. Don't miss this verse 7. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels. Man, that's us, y'all. We have this treasure in earthen vessels. That the excellency of the power may be in God, of God and not of us. It's all about God Almighty. It's all about Jesus Christ. It's all about the fact that he said he came to seek and save the lost. And as the Lord's church, we need to be deliberately doing the same thing today. We need to be deliberately. Then you get on to 1 Corinthians chapter 9. I remember, man, it was a while back, showing my gray hairs we talking to Ken. <laughs> Ken told me, he said, brother, it don't seem like it was that long ago, you know, with some of us, Roger, it's been a while. <laughs> but, you know, we got some, got to remember the good stuff. But let me tell you something. I remember being over at IBC, brother David Underwood, some of y'all may remember him. Great missionary of the Lord's Church. And I was fortunate to take him for the, the class of 1st and 2nd Corinthians. And he made us seem like memorized about the whole book. But I'm going to tell you, this is one passage that we're going to try to wrap this up right here. He, he said, look, here's where it's at. 1st Corinthians chapter 9, verse 22 and 23. To the weak, I became as weak, that I might gain the weak. I have made all things to some men? No. I am made all things to all men that I might by all means save some. Is everybody we talk to going to hear and obey the gospel? Absolutely not. But they better get one chance to hear the truth. Notice what he says in verse 23. And this is Paul talking now. And this I do for the gospel's sake, that I might be a, a partner, therefore with you. Mine. That's the great apostle Paul saying, look, it's all about the gospel of Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ's main job, and the Lord's church's main job, needs to be, go ye therefore. Sure, and forgive me if I've hurt anybody's feelings with that other, but I hope I've said it in a way that, in a kind way, y'all, it's deliberately intention to save people so. These walls need to be filled with people. There's a lot of lost, but man, I give you a lot of credit. 
as the Lord's church in Midway, Alabama tonight for what y'all doing. I know the Lord does. Some little people in there getting a chance one time. God bless you for it. But y'all, I, I meant y'all see that song on there. Lead me to some soul today. What a song. But y'all, I want to, not to close this negatively. But we know the words of this song too. And I looked, but I didn't see it in your book. But in this old book, it's... Sorry. I tell you, these PowerPoints have spoiled us, haven't they? You know, we just about got away from these old books, but I tell you, I, I can't hardly see with these glasses and can't hardly see without them. But here's the song. This should really break our heart. When in the better land, before the bar we stand, how deeply grieved our souls will be. If any lost one there should cry in deep despair, you never mention him to me. Oh, let us spread the word wherever it may be heard. Help groping hearts the light to see. That yonder none may say, you never mentioned him to me. A few sweet words may guide a lost one to his side or turn sad eyes on Calvary. So work as days go by that yonder none may cry, you never mentioned him to me. You never mentioned him to me. You help me not the light to see the light that Paul talked about. You never help me the light to see. Yet met me day by day, friend, classmate, co-worker, lost or saved. You met me day by day and knew I was astray and never mentioned him to me. Man, I hope this is not a lesson that you go home and say, he hammered because old Marlon hammered on himself tonight. I've been ashamed myself. And let none of us ever be ashamed because people are either lost or saved. I want to encourage you. I hope this has been an encouragement to you that Jesus Christ was all about the one job. And I want to encourage you to be about that too as the Lord's church here. Thank you for the opportunity to be with you tonight.